space, final frontier. <laughs> These are the voyages of Starship Enterprise. It's five-year mission to explore strange new worlds, to seek out new life, a new civilization, to boldly go where no man has gone before. Greetings, salutations, and welcome to Retrek. I'm Captain Jim. With me, of course, is Admiral Elliot. And joining Hi us there. again this week, Dr. Squee. Ahoy, hoy. And we, oh, we've got a packed show this time. We've got a packed show. We've got a Picard trailer to talk about. We've got the newest episode of Prodigy, Time and Mock. And then we've got a Mock Time from the original series. So, we might as well get cracking. Picard trailer. Yeah, that dropped just... Out of nowhere, seemingly. Yeah, I think yeah. that we might get a lot of that happen this year. There's so mm. much going on. Yeah, usually you sort of get wind that there's going to be a trailer, and you, like these days, <laughs> you get trailers for trailers and trailers yeah. for teasers yeah, this, for trailers. Like, yeah, this just suddenly bang, it was there. Exactly. It reminds me of, do you know, with Rick and Morty, they once did it so that uh, they were bugging the creator, Justin, something or other, or one the other, one the creators anyway. And they were saying it's like, uh, God, when's the trailer for Rick and Morty going to be out? And goes, what? Like, I could just drop a trailer like this and you could watch it right now? Drop link. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so it's, it's a bent move at the end of the day. Exactly. Like, you know, it, usually you get all these things like the trailer will drop in five days' time. And I'll be honest, right? I When this first dropped, I didn't even watch it. I just thought it was the old one. And people were just reposting it, so I'm like, I'd have heard oh, if there are a new trailer. Oh, no, I picked it up, um, I think, 45 minutes after it had dropped. I know, it's, I saw it. Yeah, well, oh. there, no, it wasn't. I didn't see it. I knew it was there, but I was like, well, it must just be the same trailer, but no, oh, right. brand oh. new. Also, like, if you're going to drop something like this, usually it would be like, you know, surprised person's going to be dropped in this. You know, they'd usually telegraph it a bit. And oh. I'm so glad they didn't. I'm so glad it just arrived. And there is... Sorry, spoilers, but kind of... Yeah, I mean, we knew she was coming. I'm going to be unpopular here and controversial because I I think Guinan is a bad move in this. Yeah. Okay, well, uh, James, you know that I can't boot him off the screen, so if you want to do it, I'm just And I'm I'm going to explain why. And I love Guinan and I love Whoopi Goldberg, but she's got older and you can see it and the species doesn't age. Ah, but, but, ha-ha. This is my defense to that. In Time's Arrow, she looked exactly the same as she did in present day. So at some point, they've got to age a bit. It just caught up. Like, that's her, her <laughs> yeah. aging years. Yeah. Is that, so that was sort of like four, five, years 500 years, and then we've had 20 years, and suddenly... Yeah, yeah, they don't age like that. It doesn't mean they don't age in bursts. <laughs> yeah, they, they have, like, yeah. growth. And, for, and uh, that's, my own, that's my only criticism of it, that yeah, well, for that reason, it just looks a bit... Once you get into your early 2000s, Elorians, it really starts to catch up it with you at that, at that age. Mind you, yeah. like, I mean, if, if if Data can put on a gajillion pounds, like, and he's an android, like, no, so no offence to Gwen Spiner, we all get older, we all kind of fill out a bit. I'm not, I'm not hating, I'm just saying. I'm saying nothing about filling out. <laughs> if, yeah, exactly. Look, I'm no one to speak. Lockdown was not kind to me. I was actually saying. thinking, if you watch our intro video, I think we're all in much better nick than we were in the in the old photos. So, you know, let's not do ourselves down, guys. I, all I'm saying is that, like, if Data and Android can get a little more festively plump, shall we say, yeah. then why can't Guinan eventually age? Like, I... I you know, maybe like they don't age for most of their life. Yeah. Then when they get 
towards the later part of their life, that's when they the do. aging happens. Yeah. Yeah. I, 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 can, I can live with that. I get I'm it. Happy with that as a, yeah. But that's my only criticism of it was mm-hmm. for that one reason. Not for the fact it's Skyne and all that, it's Whoopi, just for the where the Elorians age. I, I thought overall this was a better trailer than the first one. Like, it, it made it look a lot more fun. It looked like there were loads more action in there. Um, yeah. yeah. Didn't it feel a bit more Star Trek as well? Yeah. Like, even the first one felt more yeah. Star Trek than the first series of Picard. Yeah, the... I mean, the, the first trailer looked like it was really dwelling on this, oh, it's going to be this totalitarian version of the Federation and it's all going to be dark and horrible and blah, blah, blah. Yeah, and I'm, I, I'm sure I've that'll a, be... I've got a feeling that that could be literally just, maybe not as little as five minutes, but a very, very short amount of the start of it. Yeah, I think... Sort of when when the changes happened with time... And it's going to be a very quick part of part yeah, of the show. Yeah, I would agree. I showing think... what it is, and then they're going to then the story is going to kick off, and we're going to have a season of just jumping through time and yeah, I think action that... scenes all over the place. Oh, I just hope so. That the first series was so slow. I'm sorry, it just it was slow. There were so many missed points. There were some like nice bits, and it was great to see the guys back out there. But I just really want this. Yeah, you know, like I'm saying about the trailers. I really want this to feel a bit more Star Trek. Mm-hmm. Like, they just changed... I know it's 30 years later, and that's the excuse a lot of people give, but it's like, you still want to feel like it's Star Trek. Whatever Star yeah. Trek you're watching, it does. you can change things and you can update them and all this, but the next generation looked night and day to the original series. However, there was touchstones which mm-hmm. made you know you were watching Star Trek. The first series of Picard lost a lot of those touchstones, and it just it did. didn't help it. I, I think it landed it towards the end, and the, the impression that I got with Picard, like we had all, we had all this thing about Michael Chabon, who was the showrunner and the head writer and everything, and he in numerous interviews said, "You know, there's this story I want to tell and all this business." And I think it became clear in the final couple of episodes of Picard that the episode he wanted to tell was this Picard and Data story. And we got those wonderful scenes in the final episode with Picard and Data and all of that. But the problem is that he had to make a 10-episode season in order to tell that story, and (laughs) bits that they set up earlier on didn't get paid off, and the big threat of the machines just ended up being nothing. And I I just get the impression he wasn't interested in all that stuff. It was that stuff has to go in, um, you know, to make it a season of TV, but I actually want to tell just this small personal story, and... It's a shame because the the wider season as a whole suffered for that, and hopefully this is going to be a bit more focused, a bit more coherent, and like you can say, also, a bit more Star Trek. Can I also add to that as well? The bit which did feel more Star Trek, as you say, near the end of the series, it sort of felt like a retread as well. They spent all that time setting up something which is basically, well, we didn't like the way Data died, so let's redo. Oh yeah, that's it. and that yeah. just felt really unsatisfying to me. I'm sorry, like it or not, that is how he died. And just have, ah, but no, he was actually kept in the memory, so let's redo it. You know, it just felt like a really weak excuse. And just, it just didn't feel satisfying to me. You know, I mean, of course, there's something satisfying about seeing Spock, uh, sorry, Spock, seeing Data back on screen. But it just, it just felt like a rehash. I mean, I I think I'm a bit hotter on Picard than you are, but... I'm yeah, more I, excited I about this second season. It was slow in places. Yeah. 
I just thought the overall story was just very disjointed. I just really want like this. This feels like a, a much more exciting story, much more yeah. cohesive story. Uh, Q getting back like a classic villain, like that. If they'd well, done more is, of that in the first, is series. Q a villain or an antagonist? Oh, okay, whatever you call him, you know what I mean. <laughs> a classic reoccurring character yeah. who has villain elements. He's a protagonist, at least. Uh, yeah, yeah, antagonist. Sorry, I'm, and it I'm, looks like, um, and it looks like they use the um, Kirk maneuver, Kirk and Spock maneuver of slingshot round the yeah, sun. Exactly. <laughs> which I am so looking forward to seeing that. Which when we CGI. When we did our time travel series, one of my frequent complaints about it was that there'd been all these scenarios and they'd go, oh, we've only got six more attempts at the warp particles to beam through time, otherwise we're trapped here, or if we don't make it in time for this nuclear blast, we're trapped forever. And you go back to Star Trek Four, and Bones just goes, yeah, sure, slingshot around the sun, go fast <laughs> enough, you're in time. That's what you've also mentioned. Jim, a few times before, is like, yeah, if you don't use that one method, how about the dozens of other methods? Like, yeah. every time there's a, a different episode of Star Trek, they do not rest on their laurels when it comes to reasons well, for time been, travel. You know, they will invent something been, new every time. There's been so many ways that they've travelled through time, but I think for this period of Star Trek, the one that they know that they can actually make work is slingshot yeah, around the sun. Yeah, and that's what I'm happy about. If they say we need to go back in time, how do we do it? Slingshot around the sun. I'm happy... Like, if they have yeah. that conversation, I think that's brilliant. <laughs> yeah, it'd be beautiful. And, I mean, it's such a wonderful bit of bullshit, basically. Yeah, and I don't yeah, mean that yeah. in a nasty way. I love wonderful bullshit in, in sci-fi. It's like when they, like, uh, yeah, going around the sun, that'll reverse time. Cool. Yeah, I, I love that. Yeah. It, it, it sounds cool. Yeah. You want something cool sounding. Every now and again, I do like the fact that Star Trek does base quite a few bits in science. But every now and again, I just want a cool-sounding thing. Sometimes and... you just need that bit of fiction in there, yeah. don't you? Yeah, yeah fiction you with your science. That's perfect. So I'm incredible. perfectly happy with that. <laughs> um, anything else on this trailer, then, before we move on to more time shenanigans? Do you think, like, we get, we get, all we get is a little clip of um, a lady in red from behind. Mm -hmm. Do you think that's maybe the Borg Queen? Ooh, could well be. We know the Borg Queen's going to be in it, so... Yeah. Be careful. Have you looked in the background? Check for Krista Berg. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it, that joke aside, have you seen the... Uh, there's some shots circulating from Series 3 as well. Oh. Because apparently they've, they're well, they filming, filming, filming it. Now. Yeah. And I'm, there were shots with look, what looked suspiciously like an L-Cars display. So maybe what they are planning on doing, which would answer my complaint about the first series, is having that journey as Picard welcomes back that side of him which was starfleet mm -hmm. we see more starfleet in it if they're doing that journey that might kind of redeem the first season, se season for me on a rewatch yeah that'd be like, really cool i i've got a feeling that the story we're getting in season two is going to carry on into season three that mm -hmm. is going to be a two a two season arc I won't be surprised. Thing. I think there'll be I think there'll be elements that'll tie up by season two so we can go, yeah, we really enjoyed that. Yeah. But it, it's gonna end on a, an old fashioned cliffhanger, is I think they will fix whatever's wrong with the timeline, but the big question will be what do we do now for whatever reason? So something else will be set up that, right, we've got everything back to normal, but we still need to do this or whatever that Just might stop be. Just happening again. It would be, it'd be kind of cool if they did uh, what they do, like, um, you know, the classic uh, DC storyline of the Flashpoint Paradox. So the idea is when you change time, 
you will never recreate exactly what it was before. If you change time, mm -hmm. oh, no, change we it back. know Star Trek doesn't no, work. Right I know, now. no, I know. Oh yeah, but Star Trek's always been consistent on every time mm -hmm. travel story, hasn't it? I'm just saying it would be a really <laughs> interesting thing to do on this occasion to have them coming back to the present. A lot of it, you know, what you want to be the same kept the same, uh, but maybe no, a few I, changes I, so that then I, they've got to deal I with an alternate I, timeline, which is now the real timeline. You know, what, how they yeah. deal with changes. So the I game, think Star Trek has always put things right with time. Usually, usually. Yeah, so yeah. would it be interesting if they did something different? Like yeah. every other time they've done like, that, and every other time in the Star in the time travel episodes they do something different. How about this time? The thing they do differently is when they come back, there are consequences. Yeah, like something's different. They get back, and Picard goes back to the chateau, and Beverly's there, and they're married, and it's like, whoa, wait a minute, that'd be cool. <laughs> what just happened? Do you know what there? I mean? You could do anything like that. Yeah, that would be interesting. Well, how would that be for cliffhanger to the series? Yeah. Another thing that I really hope we get to see is the redesigned Enterprise D. Yeah. photo that's on the wall. The warship D. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that would be... Uh, Eagle Moss will have one ready to come out, so don't um, worry about in that. In my modelling group, people are already uh, planning it. Yeah. <laughs> Um, They've got one screenshot and there's people already got 3D models. I'm absolutely convinced we're going to get an Enterprise. <laughs> very, If not in Season 2, definitely in Season 3 of Picard. But um, we shall see. We'll find out before too long anyway. Yeah. Um, so, Prodigy, Time Amok, which we thought we were being clever. We said, let's do Time Amok and Amok Time. Bugger all to do with each other. I don't care. I don't care. I don't, I don't care either. You're right to watch. Yeah, I don't care. Yeah, it, it's obviously fine. a play on the word, on the title. Of it is, of yeah. Time. And it's fitting yeah. for this episode because time is a mock in this episode. So yeah, yeah, it's and this fits in with our Picard trailer. Yeah, true. <laughs> and and also, also, thankfully, they did do this because then otherwise I would never have known that Amok time just meant time's gone amok <laughs> as opposed to some fancy Vulcan word, which I'd imagine. Yep, no, we found that out last week because <laughs> uh, I'm an idiot. So that's fine. <laughs> So, yeah, Janeway is testing the crew, and we get the classic, there's a chicken, there's fox, there's some grain. You've what got to, You've got to take them over the, the river, and how do you do it? And we don't get the answer in this episode, which I was wondering if this is deliberate, because they know that this is for kids. So they're like, we're going to leave the kids thinking about that and see if yeah, they can like work that. it out themselves. And it, it is a kid's puzzle, isn't it? Yeah, it is. There's variants on it, isn't there? There's, there's one where it's there's two adults and two children, and the boat can take two children, but only one adult. And how it do you? Could have been the scorpion. Yeah, oh, I, also God, the that, I also love the fact that they um, they do kind of have the answer in there, but they don't they don't completely flag it. That all they say is like, "Oh, I think he was right." They they say later, so it's just kind of like, yeah. "Yeah, it's in there if you choose to see it," and it's just. It's a wonderful way of including something which, like a lot, like adults will know that riddle. Kids can mm -hmm. discover the riddle, as you're, you're alluding to there. And it's the perfect thing to set against this uh, crew who are struggling to come together, a challenge which is so frustrating. Yeah, so, well, I mean, it, it doesn't 100% work, though. So it's like, oh, if you all work together, it's like, yeah, but you can solve that on your own, Janeway. You should yeah. have given them something like, I don't know. So, like, Well, I think, I think it's that one's got, I think it's because the fox and the chicken... Trying to run away as well, so what the yeah, to hold it, on to them as well. I think she knows their personalities and she knows like oh Zero will be able to work out that bit and Dalla will have the 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 desire to really push for it and 
So if they I if think, they do all bring their skills, they will be okay. I think it's also that old thing of like teaching by antagonism. So like these guys working together, you know they're going to wind each other up thinking their solution is the best. Yeah. And to actually get the solution, like if they're on their own, they probably get to the solution quicker, but they aren't learning anything. If they're together yeah. and they're going to annoy each other, they've got to listen to each other to get to that solution. Yeah, that's it. They've got, they've got to learn how to work together, how to delegate, how to, like you say, listen to other people's ideas and everything. Yeah, it's a good a good one to put them on. I wouldn't mind seeing more of this. Like, right, here's your holodeck. And, you know, if I have six sweets and I give two to the guy on the bus and how, what's the bus driver's name? Uh, you know, get get a bit weird with it, Janeway. Mix it Let's up. Let's do the Scorpion. After all, it was Ducati's chip. Oh, it must no. have the program. Oh, can you imagine? <laughs> yeah, if, the, if there's like a holodeck program, Ducati's fables for you every see, occasion. You see, they really, missed, they really missed the trick on this, didn't they, with this, where they're doing this puzzle getting across them? But they could have had the scorpion as a little Easter egg. Yeah, they could have done just, yeah, there's a scorpion and a fox just getting across the river and they're like, oh, <laughs> they've worked it out. Oh, no, they've not. Um, so, Rock, this is Rock's episode, really. She doesn't want to be security. They're all assuming she wants to, she should be security because she's big. Because she's big. And I think that's a bit of a call out to the Zach Kebron from the New Frontier books, uh, which is where the Brickar were first created, and he is the security chief because he's big, and he's very good at it. So, But it's nice to to show us, you know, just because that's your yeah, stature, that doesn't it, mean like that's what you have to do. Me, it? Yeah, yeah, yeah it's a wonderful lesson. Very Star Trek, and I, I just love the fact that... It is subtle. Episode... Sorry. I was off to say it's quite subtle as well. Mm. It's not just, it's just she's there and she goes, I don't want to be security guard, stop calling me that. Yeah, and, and it's about, it, it's a wonderful way of doing, like, uh, it, it's kind of genius to have the idea where you're doing an episode about them working together to split them apart and they've got to work together, sep- like, whilst yeah. separated off. It's so genius. It's just such a well-timed yeah, episode. And I'll even add this, and as much as I, I did, I know I'm the one who's probably picked the most flaws in the episode where they had the uh, uh, Star Trek actors who who passed away largely and you know, the ones from different times. The audio, there was something about it just felt like a bit forced to me. But to me, I think this is a stronger episode. I think this is a stronger episode because it's about them. Like, it's fine to have these fan service episodes, but I feel like almost like that would have been better a little later on as well once they've earned it, once you've kind of told their story a bit more. Does that make sense? Well, part of, mm. like, the idea of that episode was to put Dal on his, into his arc yeah. of becoming the yeah. captain. I just don't think they, they at this stage, and, need and I think, And I think that we're going through that, because if you think about it, we have the episode of Dal finding his vocation, uh, uh, teaching him to be the captain. We've got, um, oh, what's her name? Rock. Rickard. Rock, who doesn't want to be at security. And by the end of this, we've got her as a science officer. Well, yeah. we've got her as pretty much everything, which... Yeah, um, but you, yeah. Know, you know what I mean? And it's, no, exactly, so we've yeah. we've got two of the characters there each... that have done completely different stories, and we've, we're sort of moving them into the actual roles. Yeah, each check. episode's finding... Each episode is having a character finding the place a little bit more, yeah. yeah. Um, but obviously there's trouble because we get the Diviner... Who I know I keep harping on about the fact that these are a knockoff of the Necrons from Warhammer, but this ship is a Necron monolith, 
And I'm I'm going to put a link on our Facebook group with a sarcastic comment saying like, oh, if you can't wait for the Playmates official Star Trek figures, you can get your Diviner figure because... And I'll link it to the Games Workshop because <laughs> these are Necrons. That is a Necron ship. Dreadnought is a Necron. It's just, you're taking it too far. Like I, I'm not bothered if I had to choose between Warhammer and Star Trek. Star Trek every day of the week, not a problem. But I do think they're on very iffy ground because there's going to be a lot of crossover in the fandoms and... It's not just me that's noticed this, surely. Oh, oh Necron, you didn't? No. There's, there's two things here that I have a bit of a problem with. One is how the Ferengi communicates with him over this distance, and it's instantation, instantaneous mm-hmm. communication. And then the second one is the 4,000 light years away. In Voyager, 70,000 light years was established as 70 years away. Mm-hmm. At maximum warp, so that's a thousand light years a year. Mm-hmm. And the diviner goes only a few months away. Maybe his ship's better though. Maybe well, you know, we don't how know what fast is his ship going to be then? It's bloody fast, <laughs> really fast, really like that, but not as fast <laughs> yeah. as the protostar. Yeah, I mean, I. I think I said my piece on the geography of it all last week, and I, I'm, not, I'm not. I'm not going to keep harping on. I'm leaning Brits. more towards, I think that it's further in, in the future than 17 years. It could be that, yeah. Because I mean, they said it's set set after the events of uh, 17 years later, haven't they? After Voyager. Mm-hmm. But I think that might be the time that the ship went missing or got yeah. stolen originally. That's, and then, that I, think there could, and then I think there could be another big time jump until now when it's been rediscovered. Yeah. Because you get the impression the Diviner had been on that asteroid for a serious amount of time looking for the Piecing it together, it looks like the Diviner's stolen it from Chakotay. He's had it, he's done whatever with it, he's lost it again, and then he's spent years searching for it. Yeah. The only thing I would add to that, that the only thing slightly against that, and I'm not saying it's it's a bad idea, just... Because Discovery's kind of done that time jump into the future, is it kind of similar? Ground, no, I or? don't think it's that. I don't think it's their sort of thousand-year time jump, but it's maybe actually beyond what where Picard is now. Mm. It's maybe it's maybe sort of the seventeen years was when the Protostar launched with Jakoti as captain, mm-hmm. which then, it makes sense development-wise at the good um, time. And then there's another big time jump of when the Diviners had the Protostar and then he's lost it and been trying to refind it. So there could be another 20 wouldn't or 30 they, years. Wouldn't they know that that time's happened, though? Like, no. like uh, Janeway and Voyage and the... No, because Janeway, Janeway's been pretty much shut down, hasn't yeah, she? Though? Yeah, but the ship was no... still alive. The ship, sorry, was still able to record data would not mm. would not get a century no, readings. I think the ship was I think the but ship was very much shut down as well it, when they first found it but when you start it up it would be able to tell by um, drift by yeah, the but they've, universe expanding but they've never the the idea of it being 17 years after Voyager is from extra textual stuff it's from the creators and things ah, so okay it, so they could be like well they could be or you know it we don't know, is the point. Uh, until <laughs> until we get back to the Federation yeah, I'm or whatever, that we, we, could be we don't really know. Beyond Picard's time, which would explain why we've got 
other ships apart from the protostar that have got mm. much faster warp drives. But, uh, and... but then, you know, the Diviner's not human. He's not Federation, no. so he could have really good. But we'll find but out. But he does seem to know, know the different species from our quadrant. He definitely does, yeah. I'm still going to go with the idea of, like, how far into the Delta, how many far into the Gamma Quadrant, you know, that sort of thing. Yeah. That's my piece. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I you mean, got four quadrants. They go on infinite into infinitum. Yeah. So you could be right on the edge of it, one on the edge of it, or right into it. Either way, they get hit by a tachyon storm, which they want to just get rid of them because they never. Well, no, oh, now, never this makes perfect sense. It's like a tachyon storm nebula, and we've got Janeway. Of oh. going into it. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Yes. <laughs> Jim, we never met a nebula she didn't want to explore. So <laughs> yeah. Maybe copying that there, nebula. Yeah, you, no, you bang on, Elliot. Absolutely, that's fine. Yeah. Um, one, one, of my, one of my funniest, like, things I find funniest in Voyager is like, uh, oh, uh, if we have to go through here or go through that space, can we go through your space? No. Well, take too long to go around. We're going through. Oh, that's yeah. very stealthy, isn't it? <laughs> Screw you then, because we need to. Yeah, it's a funny one, that. And uh, it's a bit like when um, the Federation started the Dominion War because they didn't do what they were told. But... Ah, no, no, you see, this one, I do have an argument against because you guys mentioned this a lot. Sorry, I know we're not talking about DS9. No, no, let's but My only the problem argument. with this one is that basically they're told by the Dominion, sort of, this is my space. All the other species going, I'm sorry, no, no well, like you're bullying us, so we're going to say yes, but they didn't agree to that. So I think that's why Starfleet are okay to do that. That's my defense. Mm, mm, they're, no. they're, liberating, they're liberating the Iraqis. I mean, the um, the uh, people, the species in the game quadrant. Yeah, but they don't go liberating them. They go, right, we'll have that planet and build a colony yeah. on it. There's no yeah, liberation. Exactly, they're after the oil. I mean, the planets, the planets, not the oil. Sorry, no, this is not yeah, Iraq war yeah. metaphor. Mm, yeah, <laughs> okay. We'll see. We'll see. When it goes to a tribunal, we'll see what happens. Yeah. Um, yeah, I th- so I think we, I think over a lot of episodes, we put a very good case for the Federation being to blame. I, I'm just saying that's my argument against because you guys always say, like, the Dominion have said it's their space. Like, I, I'm just saying there's yeah. an argument yeah. against that. Okay, if anyone yeah. wants to check the Easter Full Dominion playlist, but the, what, <laughs> on yeah. our YouTube channel, if they were gonna do out. that, what they should have said is the Federation has made a decision for humanitarian reasons to continue exploring the Gamma Quadrant, but they don't. They just go, yeah, we've decided to go back. <laughs> anyway. Uh, but yeah, okay, we'll head it that there was a big meeting and a big discussion and they decided we can do more good than harm. And yeah, but you know what? That blew up in your face, Federation. Big bloody war now. <laughs> uh, but it made for a more interesting show. Um, so yes, the, the pink stuff separates everybody. And Jankum is the first to get blown up straight away. And yeah, he realises what's happened and he knows what he has to do, but yeah. he doesn't have the time. And there's a really... It's so smart, he ran for that as well. Yeah. If you have them all operating at the same time, yeah, Jankum will get it. You're fine, done. Episode's finished. If you get multiple times... Again, this is such a clever episode. Yeah, it is, yeah. And I love yeah. the way... Because this, you know, this is quite a complex time travel. Even for Star Trek, this is... You know, it, it's not straightforward. It's everything's moving at a different time, and I it's love. Very, I I like how um, Zero explains it by it's a sine wave. Yes, yeah. And you have at the top yeah. of here is slow, and this one it's fast. Yeah, and that's what I was going to say. It's brilliant how they they show it visually, so any kids watching it are going to get it straight away. Yeah. 
Yeah, and, and, and you also have that nice thing. graphic of the ships going round in the circle. Exactly. Yeah, it's so. It's such to your good... point, Jim. Yeah. Oh, sorry. I was just going to say to your point about like lessons it teaches uh, young people. It's like just because this person will get there quickly, this person takes a bit longer to get it. It doesn't mean it's any less valid. It. it I think that's a great lesson and a great metaphor. Yeah. yeah. For like you know, I grew up dyslexic. You know, we talked about the fact that. Um, yeah, we all grew up with our own stuff at school and stuff. You know, for me, it was being dyslexic and it might have taken me a little longer to get there sometimes, but it didn't mean I was less valid. And that's how you feel sometimes when you're growing up. I think this says, just because you take a while doesn't mean you can't do it. I think that's great. Yeah, and it's it's good that everybody contributes something that the next person builds on. And mm. apart from poor old Murph, who doesn't, isn't much help, <laughs> if we're honest. <laughs> <laughs> that was brilliant. He looks brilliant. cute, but he, he Who's here? I need your help to build this. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah that's such a perfect scene. Don't do much, but but even Dal, like, he's showing a bit of brains. Like, right, we need to make this. We've got a vehicle replicator. Let's get that on the case. Yeah. And mm. okay, don't work out. But then Janeway says, ooh, remember Apollo 13 available on Paramount Plus? <laughs> um,. But again, that's great for kids because that somebody goes, you know, the kid goes, what are they talking about? Oh, Apollo 13, I'll tell you all about this. Get, they might get more interested in space travel and think, you yeah. know, it's just great. And just because your answer wasn't correct doesn't mean it's invalid. You came up with a really great idea. We can't use yeah. it. Yeah. That was wonderful thinking. It was a it, great it idea, but there's learn. something wrong with the vehicle replicate. Replicator. Which is that? Yeah, because otherwise the adventure will be over there. You know, it's, so. bu- it's busy 3D printing a Necron is what's wrong with the <laughs> the vehicle replicator. But yeah, so Gwyn takes over next, but she gets chased by the Necron, and we get you know, that, now, that's you where we get this a is as well. That the Diviners found out where the area. Uh, it's too far away to get there, but it can control. A high-level piece of equipment mm. on the ship, but he can't control the ship. Yeah, he's obviously hacked it. But, yeah, like you say, if he's got a hack into the ship, maybe it's one of them where, um, you know, the replicators are a, a non-essential system, so maybe it, you can get away with a hack on that, whereas if That's you did good. it in the navigation or something... Tight security, that makes sense. I mean, you, you know, if vehicle you, replicator seems like quite a high level. Yeah, piece. You should probably be keeping an eye it's on it. I'm not denying it. But also, if you if if you're going to compare it to the control of the whole ship, your, your yeah. security might be tight. So it doesn't mean that they had a walk in the park hacking the vehicle replicator. But maybe there's just that extra level of security around the main yeah. control of the ship. And usually the vehicle replicator, unless you're replicating a living thing, which is more or less what they're doing here, you know, it, if he hacks into it and replicates a Ferrari, like, oh, okay, there's a Ferrari in shuttle bed, beam it out in the space, done. <laughs> you know, it's, it's usually not going to cause a massive problem, but, you know, it, it's somehow he can, can... Now, does this mean there's now two dreadlocks? Dreadnoughts, well, Dreadnoughts. or possibly three, because there's another one at you know the, yeah. the end of the episode. I don't know. There could be millions of them. Also, we've got to actually factor in the the human hubris factor. Like you know, maybe they just thought it's like, oh, it's a vehicle replicator. What's anyone going to do that? They're just going to replicate a Ferrari, like you say. It's like, and they've gone it's like, no, I could I could replicate a really evil android which will kill you. Yeah, and they just never conceived of it. 
because you know Starfleet is so peaceful and hippie. Yeah, you know, hey, it's the vehicle replicator, not the evil android replicator. <laughs> yeah, but exactly. They just clearly... never thought of that use. Yeah, it'd be clearly labelled like Batman in his Batcave in the 60s. Everything was absolutely <laughs> labelled as to what it did, you know. Um, yeah, so it, it is good how they build up. Right, so um, Dal can build the thing but doesn't have the He can't find the last part. Yeah, and then Gwyn finds the last part but doesn't have time to get it all done. And then... It, it's there's almost like a, a bit of a bait and switch because it's like you see her making a captain's log and I thought, oh, she's just she's making a log just basically saying we're all going to die or whatever. But it's not. She's doing it as a message for Rock, which is yeah. really, oh, really and clever. And by the way, we, we've skipped past it, but there was a bit before that where uh, Rock turns off Janeway. Oh, yeah. And just the, she, just in a fit of anger, she turns off Janeway and just the despair that you get from her... That performance alone was wonderful. And just the idea of, like, she's turned off her only friend and her only yeah. support in this ocean of time she's stuck in. It's just so moving, I thought. Yeah, yeah, it's brilliant. It, it was literally just fear and, and scared of the whole situation. It, she's a kid and, and she, she lashed out, out for a, a second. Because she was telling her. Yeah. Yeah, it was so good. Just such a wonderful little moment to have her do that. And then they find another way of communicating with her. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's great, and Rock, effectively, I mean, th this is one, maybe we will come back to it at some point, is how long is she actually there? Like they say, too long she was alone for. <laughs> well, she but... says um, <coughs> it took her 276 attempts to get Janeway back on Exactly, line. so it's long yeah. enough to teach yourself advanced hologram programming, to teach yourself astrophysics, to teach yourself... And Mind you, I, I mean, let's face it. With Star Trek, they've always been pretty good. Let's let's think of Inner Light, the one with yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, O'Brien, where he ends up being in a you know living years and years yeah. and years, and always the next episode, it's like it never happened. Yeah, like yeah. they might make one or two references to it every now and again, but like just they're the same person next week. Yeah, like, you can get over the trauma of it. Yeah, like with Picard, yeah. it's like he's just back to captaining, and it's like. But he plays the flute now. Yeah, you, you should have to at least retake your driving test. You know, it, it's been a long time <laughs> since you've operated any Federation technology. You know, Anyway, yeah. but that's for when we talk about the inner light. Um, and then Rock gets the hug at the end. She wants to hug Janeway, but can. Um, no, I can't understand this. I've seen yeah. holograms solid in the past. We saw them on the holodeck and they can pick up the chicken and the fox and everything. So why can't they touch Janeway? She's off the hologram. She doesn't have a remote emit. I don't know. Yeah, because the Doctor obviously could... Was Be solid. And was, we've seen her operating controls on the Protostar already. Yeah, they she should have been able to hug Janeway. Maybe Janeway... Yeah. Maybe, maybe Janeway was just being aloof. Yeah, she's just like, no one's hugging me, yeah. Yeah. And... Really nice at the end, Janeway just pretty much says, yeah, so we haven't talked about this, but she finds out they're not really Starfleet cadets. But at the end, and she gives them validation anyway, you know. Yeah, you might not that be Starfleet question cadets, which we but you have a clue. Yeah, yeah. this answers the question we had before, because we did say, it's like, is Janeway playing a bit of a game with her? I always thought through her performance, it felt like she was giving a little known wink that she did know. Yeah, so I always nice assumed that she knew. Yeah, but she does look surprised when 
Yeah. They say that, and like Kate Mulgrew's uh, vocal inflictions imply that it is a bit of a surprise. Yeah, that's my feeling too. If they now claim they did, she did know. I think they it, it, ruined it, it. Yeah, they've ruined it because now they have said that she. Knows. They've done the playoff where she had the shock that they'd stolen the promoter's star and they're not cadets. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, let's run with that. And now, she, but she's still going straight them as a crew. Yeah, which yeah. is great, and yeah. and they do deserve it. You know, they are coming on a long way. You know, especially in this episode. So, and and we have missed out. Like Hero, go, Hero sorry, Zero does say, "I will explain it all to you." Yeah, and we've got also... where we don't see that. So we've got to assume that he's now told her that they were all prisoners and how they've got the protostar. Yeah, and presumably. In a sense, they haven't. They haven't like stole it from the Federation. They yeah, stopped the guy true. actually who had stole it from the Federation getting it back. And I also love whether they do this in a series time or at the end of all the series, when they get back to Starfleet, I'd love the idea that they they get hologram Janeway in for a debrief about what happened and she makes the passion plea for her for them to be recognised as Starfleet I think that yeah. would be wonderful I yeah, think that's I, I think going. that's got to be the journey of it because we've now we, as I say we've had them sort of falling into the roles or the position mm-hmm. the officer roles that they're going to have slowly is <laughs> getting there like I think Gwen will end up being the security officer mm, maybe because she's very able at fighting. She's got that badass <laughs> changeling thing there. Yeah. But I think, like, the whole story is going to be now Janeway educating them in Starfleet ways, and, and they might the not be is, cadets now, but she's going to train them well, and teach them. And how about ways. they bring in a little bit of the idea that, um, well, I remember a time when I was stuck in the Delta Quadrant yeah. with a crew of Marquis. They weren't Starfleet, but I kind of accepted them as such. And it yeah. took all of 45 minutes for them to fully... <laughs> Become Starfleet. <laughs> all right, geez, you're going to turn everything into a Voyager bash if I mention no. it, aren't you? <laughs> hey, I love Voyager. Yeah. I'm, building, I'm building the ultimate one. <laughs> but, um, no, what I was thinking there, though, is we don't even need to get back to Starfleet for that. We just need to establish communication and then someone can say, I'm granting you a field commission of Ensign or whatever. Yeah. And, yeah... No, but it'd be nice if, like, at the, the conclusion of the series, I think, is your point. Yes. If they yeah, do the make it to Starfleet and they become, yeah. and they recognise as a Federation crew. Oh, how wonderful would it be? Like, I don't know. You obviously can't have them all reunite with the species or parents or families, but at least some of them getting back to families. Mm. I, I would just love the idea that when they get back, like, you have this episode where you've got, you go to them, whatever they're up to, but then you have like maybe Janeway in with Admiral Picard, like, you know, giving a debrief and him sort of saying why they shouldn't be accepted and arguing mm-hmm. against it. And, you know, look, you're, you're a hologram. You're just here for a debrief. We're not here well, to you hear could what have, you think. You could have, a, you could have um, hologram Janeway debrief into Admiral Janeway. Yeah. yeah. Oh, brilliant. <laughs> that would, oh. Yeah. You win. You win. <laughs> no, that would be great. Yeah. I will buy that show. Well, we'll see. In fact, we've got dueling Janeways at the minute on Star Trek Online, if anybody plays that. They've just launched a a new season and (laughs) Kate Mulgrew's joined it and she's playing Admiral Janeway, but she's also playing like evil Mirror Universe Janeway, who apparently due to some timey-wimey shenanigans has teamed up with Captain Killy 
and evil Janeway and evil Tilly are going to rule the, the galaxy oh, also. It's a, that, if, that doesn't sound forced at all. No, but if you're into <laughs> Star Trek Online, that yeah, that sounds pretty cool. No, no, I, I just love the idea that, like, yeah, even that... Strangely, um, I've never that, played Star Trek Online. My old love, computer wouldn't support it, so... No, yeah. I love the idea that Admiral Janeway is so against them coming back as well, and then you've got hologram Janeway arguing for, And then she puts in the killer blow of, like, yeah... Yeah, because you never welcome in some people who weren't Starfleet, the Marquis. You know, yes. she could like hold that against her. Oh, it's good. The yeah. Elix, Seven of Nine. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, she could bring them all up against her. If that's not the season finale, then, you know. I think we could sell that to yeah. Paramount. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So what do you we... mean you own all the characters? We're selling this to you. Yeah, it's our <laughs> idea. Anyway, so should we move on to a mock time then? The, the namesake, yes. but. Totally unconnected, Brits. You know what? I've not seen this one in a few years because this is... I don't go out of my way to avoid it, but it's one of them that because it's, you know, one of the classic episodes, I've seen it that many times and I just always think, oh, you know, I can skip a mock time. I, you know, I've done it. I've done it to death. And I've pro- found, actually, since we've been doing this show, that I don't watch them all in the way that I used to. Mm. Yeah, and watching all series because I I flit about all over the place. Yeah, and, and I might watch like I haven't this week because I've been I've been busy. But normally I'd maybe watch them up time, and because it's on Netflix, the next episode or two would end up playing during the yeah, same. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what you mean? Yeah, because I mean I, I'm the same as you. I find the episodes which you just so much know you've watched so many times, mm-hmm. you avoid watching. And then when something like this gets you to, it's like, oh, I haven't watched it in years. Yeah. And you yeah. really enjoy it all the more. Yeah, and it's it. so good. It's this episode. I know we're it, preaching to the converted episode. there, but uh, yeah, this is this is fantastic. It it reminds you why you, sort of you fell in love with Star Trek in the first place. Like it's just so good. Um, I sort of love. I always love the kind of thing of, um, and I don't mean this to say the Mickey. You know, I love Star Trek, and you know, I love uh, the classics. But it's kind of like, I do love when you get something which is so dated for the time. Oh, yeah. So, like, the way they talk about Nurse Chapel is like, oh, are you thorning after Spock again because you're a woman? You know? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yes, yeah. I mean... It's just so cartoonishly it, Some of it now. is very dated. Yeah, but there's no question. But it's, 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 it's enjoyable because you know that their heart was in the right place. Yeah, yeah. it's just dated, that scene. Like, when you think that the original series was so politically correct at the time mm. and peace and woke at the time yeah. I know that they all all go on about oh Discovery's woke and like the latest one is the upset Costa remake of um, Quantum Leap's going to be woke and it's not like did you watch the original? Did you watch probably yeah. like the one where yeah. he, he leaped into like the middle of a race protest or the one yeah. where he leaped yeah. into but, <laughs> but what like my point was that like TOS was very politically woke and all that it was. at the time it was made for for its time. Yet this seems so, it has such dated attitudes. Yeah, the yeah. The, <laughs> the gender politics in it are what really dates it. I think. Yeah. The the majority of the rest of it holds up really well. I mean, obviously there's issues that you just couldn't put on television. So the, there's it doesn't deal with homosexuality or transsexuality or anything like that which are obviously much more featured in media these days but the things that it does deal with 
by and large, uh, hold up even to modern scrutiny. But like you yeah. said, the, the, the treatment of women doesn't. But <laughs> even the treatment of women in some ways was fairly progressive at the time. It's just well, that when we look like at the it... Fight they had the fight they had to get Nichelle Nichols on the bridge. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And all that is a, oh, is God, a main yeah. character. I, I just find it kind of... It, it, it's enjoyable because, again, like Star Trek has always uh, pushed forward for rights and everything. But then when there's something like this, it's, it's just comical yeah, because it's, and it's yes. so outdated. It's, and it's like, uh, yeah. It's almost cartoonish. Like so It's too much like the bit where Spock, is nasty to Nurse Chapel and she immediately starts crying and you yeah. know you're like oh come on that's a bit yeah. much but you know the, the other thing from this first scene I just wanted to highlight as well is the Plymouth soup uh, if, if I'm remembering how, the how purple yeah. it is I, well, it, well I was just thinking how I was watching an episode of DS9 last night and they had the same soup yeah. like it's just I, I love those little touchstones it's not purple though is it Oh, it looks different. Like um one of the things with TOS is that all alien foods were psychedelically covered. Oh, of course it was. You need to sell them <laughs> colour tellies. Um I something else from the first scene I picked up on starts with Kirk just climbing up the ladder out of the Jeffrey's tube, like, you know, Kirk's so macho that he doesn't <laughs> go in a turbo lift when you can climb up three decks, you know. Good on it, he's getting his steps in, you know. But yeah, it's it's great. I mean, well, yeah, we it's maybe been doing the sort of like check of the ship. Checking up on what Scott has been doing in these Jeffrey's yeah, tubes. Yeah. Could have been also a nice bit which I thought was uh, the fact that when they're you got Kirk and um, McCoy walking down the corridor and they just put a little bit of exposition. They don't have to start it off with, okay, let's show five scenes of Spock being irrational. Let's mm. have them lay down. It's like, yeah, he's been a real dick recently. And then he throws something out the door to yeah. establish yeah. it's still happening. Yeah, you exactly. You don't have to have several scenes showing the same thing. It's a nice tight way of doing it. I like no, that. I mean, and that shows the difference in the way television is done now. Like, now, for the last four episodes, you would have Spock doing something a little bit out of character one week and then maybe getting a little bit angrier the next week and and that would build and lead into this yeah. episode. Yeah. Whereas back then, everything had to be self-contained within your one yeah, episode. it was all done in... Well, I was quite amazed because this is 50 minutes, 50 minutes. 51 minutes long. <clears throat> yeah. And now if you watch an American programme, that'd fill the same amount our time slot it's 42 minutes long if you look so they've added nine minutes of adverts in in the inter they have. intermediate years and, yeah 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 and the weird thing is i think we've been so conditioned to it now that i watch this and i'm like this this feels long for an episode of tv yeah. this doesn't feel right and, it, and it's because they've so accustomed us to really short um, episodes and to be I fair, mean, I, I think over the last few years watching so many streamed shows... That's the point, There's yeah. a lot that have gone back to our long episodes without adverts, so... Yeah. Although this felt quite, didn't feel too bad, but I know what you mean with the 40, 42 minutes. It's like Doctor Who is only 45 minutes on yeah. BBC, yeah. and that's to sell to America and worldwide TV. Nicola and I have been, because she was, she was never a watcher of the original series, so we've been uh, watching back Doctor Who... And there's some of the jump out. We were on to jump out at the moment. We've been going the highlights of each doctor. Mm. We're up to jump out week. And some of his are like 10 episodes long. Oh, like, yeah, you know, it wasn't dude. uncommon back then. And yeah. you think it's like 
To be honest with you, you could have probably cut a couple of episodes oh, worse in, in tighter editing. And even this one, even as beloved and wonderful as Amok Time is, it's a few scenes you probably could have trimmed. Let's, let's yeah. not lie about this. Could have and it would have been tighter. Streaming have got it so right because streaming episodes can be as long or as short as they need to be. So you do, it's not uncommon now to get one episode which is half an hour long of uh, Cobra Kai. Another one might be 50 minutes long because that's how long they need for the story. Yeah. The yeah. story is king. Whereas yeah. before, they were so set by... This one's got to be it's, 50 minutes. Now this one's yeah, got to be 45 minutes. it was like you've minutes. got to have um, your prologue, then you have Act 1, Act 2, Act 3, epilogue. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. That's and if you don't adverts. need one of the scenes, you've got to keep it in there because you've got to hit a length. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'm, I wasn't saying it dragged or anything. I just noticed yeah. that it wasn't normal TV length now. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I love all the shenanigans we get where Spock diverts to Vulcan and then Kirk t- puts it back and then they put it back again. And, I like how uh, I like how Chekhov's got used to it. And he's going, yeah. <laughs> and he has it ready. <laughs> well, can I also have one, like one scene as well, which I found hilarious. Uh, Spock, oh, okay, Spock's acting like a dick, but he was saying it's like, uh, I've got to go to Vulcan. I want shore leave on Vulcan. And Kirk goes, oh, well, we're going to this other planet. We'll give you shore leave there. It's like, he said he's got, he wants to go to his home planet. Saying we're going to ride Jet yeah. 5 isn't going to cut it. You can't just go, oh, I've got to get home. I want to go home. Yeah, we'll go here instead. It's, yeah. it's not the same. <laughs> yeah, because he says, doesn't he, like, is it? Is well, it... he also, but there's also the thing, he won't explain why he's going yeah, yeah. to Vulcan. No, he does later, but the first time he says it, he just goes, yeah, we'll give you short leave here. Yeah. <laughs> I can sort of see where Kurt's coming from because he's like, is there a medical reason it needs to be Vulcan? And Spock says no, and he's fibbing, but he says no. Yeah. And Kurt goes, okay, well, the facility's there are absolutely fine. He's like, no, I want to see my mum and dad. You know, I'm not... That's yeah, no but good. diverting the starship, because Kirk's, Kirk has got the right view here. Spock has asked for leave. He's granted leave. He won't say it's a medical reason. He won't say the reasons... Mm-hmm. For it, yeah. My only argument was, and, it's like, and at this time, the punk fire is an unknown condition within true. the Federation. The, I mean, my only argument was, it was just the first. Like again, they do go into it later, but I think they should have said that first because his first answer is just, yeah, you can have shore leave on this planet instead. He doesn't. He doesn't say, well, why has it got to be Vulcan? Why is it? Like, yeah. he gets into that later, and it just seemed a bit weird. Now talking about how. 2021 eyes can make us see things a little bit differently. So, this I'm going to describe this scene. Well, 2022, even. 2022 eyes, indeed. Um, yeah. I'm going to describe this scene to you and just think for a minute how this would appear different in a modern context. So, Kirk walks into Spock's quarters. Spock has been looking at his PC at a picture of a very young lady and he immediately switches the PC off when the captain walks in. <laughs> whoa. That's, whoa, you won't be doing that these yeah. days. And I don't understand why he was looking at a picture of her as a girl. I don't understand nope. why that was the Because choice. that's the last time he saw her. Well, yeah. Uh, like, they can't update the picture in that time? No, but, <laughs> that's, but that's how he remembers but her. She is not that's updated. his personal She's not oh, okay. memory. Oh, that's, that. that's, no, like that. that's the last time he saw her. Yeah, it's not, when, like, it's not like he's looking on a Facebook. He's, it's just a picture that he has of her. He, he has a picture of her from when they actually last yeah. met. I just think 
looking at it from a modern lens, it yeah, looks I, a little bit yeah, iffy. From a modern lens, it looks very, very dodgy, but... <laughs> I, I, mean, I, admit, kidding, I thought exactly course, the same thing but, watching it. I thought the exact same thing. But then we get the description of Pompfar, and we get a great, you know, Spock contextualises it. It's like salmon, and he goes, you're not a fish, Mr. Spock. Which is great. Um, I also love that in this episode, like I know this is later on, but it's like in the in the future episodes, it's like there's no way of being from far. Spock's like, yeah, well, I had a bit of a Barney. I feel better now. You have a good fight. You stop being horny. No, but he'd also got given her away, hadn't he? He had, yeah. Well, no, but his argument why the Pomfar passed was because of somehow it was. It was, yeah. I mean, I mean, there's different ways that people get off. It's, yeah. You know, we can't really judge. But yeah, I mean, again, that that to me feels a little bit sixties. Like we can't say, yeah, I went, I went back and give her a right good scene to, and now I feel okay. It, it this is nineteen sixties daytime family viewing. It, we can't have the first officer getting his end away at the end of an episode. No, that's Kirk. Kirk oh, gets yeah, his Kirk end away at the end of every episode. Damn right Kirk can do it. Um, yeah, so <laughs> Kirk asks the Admiral if they can go to Vulcan. No, you can't. And I love that Chekhov and Sulu are just amused by all of this. <laughs> yeah. Like just... Well, Chekhov's getting actually... Chekhov looks quite annoyed with it by the end of it. Yeah. He's already got the how he's got the coordinates all ready to go. I mean you could almost do a lower decks episode back then with those two, you know, they yeah. they the sort of um in Shakespearean terms, Rosencrantz. Oh, Rosencrantz and Gilderstone, yeah. Uh I, I love the idea that they're just like, yeah, they they've had this whole other day and they're just like, Oh for Christ's sake, they're changing the coordinates again. Yeah, okay. Switch it to Vulcan mode now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Go on, I've just, you know what, I've just auto-programmed it, so Captain, if you want to change it, just flip that switch, one side says Vulcan, <laughs> one side says Rigel, just they do that. They've got their feet up on the console, they're just with a remote control. Yep, yeah, we're in Vulcan mode. <laughs> oh, I was fa- trying to work out, apart from Spock referencing Kirk as his friend, mm. which he does quite a few times, mm. is this the only time he references another member of the crew as his friends? In my Until day. Star Trek IV. Probably. Where he says that they're my friends. Yeah, probably. Oh, probably. And I do also love the fact that T'Pau, when he says that, she gives him a look like he just offered to whip his knob out. Like the look <laughs> yeah. on her face of like, yeah, friends? <laughs> you know, it's perfect. It's and, like, like, but he refers to McCoy as his he friend. He does, yeah. <laughs> I, I love the way he does it, though, that when he's explaining it to Kirk, he's like, oh, a part of the ceremony is that one can take their closest friends and... That's how I think of you, and I want you to come. And Kirk, oh, I am honoured, Mr. Spock. And then he's like, Dr. McCoy can come as well. And that—that <laughs> that is as close as Spock gets to just giving McCoy a big kiss. You know, it's... Well, for Spock, like, that's the something. Whole, the whole thing with Spock and McCoy is they actually go out the way to one-up each other. Yeah. Yeah. To get yeah. one over on each other. And that happens throughout the show. Oh, it does, yeah. But, like, on Next Gen, Pulaski tried to do this with Data, and it just didn't work in no, the same didn't. way. Not at all. And no. I've got to say, I, I think it actually is one of the biggest successes of the Kelvin timeline is the Spock-McCoy um, relationship. Yes, they nailed yeah. that. The antagonism, but the real love behind yeah, it. Yeah. It is your best friend who you just take the piss out. Like, there's certain friends, you'll never tell them, like, how you really feel. Oh, yeah. But you... 
the, the piss taking is the love. Yeah, There's absolutely. No and yeah, that for Spock, that's an incredibly raw, vulnerable moment. The fact that he says uh, Doctor McCoy can McCoy, come. Uh, McCoy takes does it properly, doesn't he? I'd be honoured, sir. Oh yeah. Yeah, McCoy. Um, McCoy doesn't try to have a dig at him or no, mind him because up that's the thing. He it, just goes, I'd be honoured, sir. And that's it, because McCoy knows how big a moment that is to Spock, and he yeah. knows that's not the time to poke fun at him. You know, it, I yeah. can take piss out of him later, but the, this isn't the moment. Yeah, next episode, I'll call him a green-blooded son of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and even if, if we're looking at parallels in future Star Trek, I mean, Odo and Quark, like... Quark in the last episode. Ah, that man loves me. It was written all over his back. Yeah. That's, yeah. That's exactly well, this. Tuvok and Neelix. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, because yeah, you had that all the way through. <laughs> and then at the, the very end, when Neelix is leaving the ship, Tuvok does his little dance for him. Yeah, yeah true. I, I always felt that one was a bit more forced for me, but. It's just the characters aren't as good. Like, you know, you don't care about. Oh, I don't personally care about Tuvok and Neelix anywhere near Quack and Odo or McCoy and Spock. Yeah. But, yeah. Um, so, again, though, little bit of weirdness. Like, so I'm, Spock's saying to his mates, I've got to go back to my family. Uh, you know, I've got to go back to my home world. I've got to meet this woman that I'm then going to have sex with so that the madness passes. Do you want to come down and, you know, join me yeah. for it? You're yeah. allowed to... You, Closest friends can accompany me. Yeah, bit <laughs> weird. Bit weird. Well, it's the whole. It's his marriage ceremony as well, isn't it? So, like, we're yeah. betrothed. It's it's not. We're not married, but it's more than more than a betrothal. But that's not clear at the point that he's inviting him. It sounds like he's inviting him to watch him have sex. This is like <laughs> this is like space dogging that he's inviting him to. <laughs> Yeah, Kirk's already beamed yes. down by the time he's finished the sentence. Kirk's like, have you got any, got any other family members that I can join in with? Well, funny you should ask that, Kirk. I have got other family members, but I won't disclose them for many, oh, many so years. That Kirk wouldn't even go that far. He'd be in prima nocta rights, you know, he'd be yeah. asking for Actually, questions. we've never thought of this. Like, everyone says, oh, how come Spock never talked about his sister? Is Spock going to tell Kirk that he's got a young, attractive human sister no no he's not (laughs) can i actually and the other thing is the get onto the planet you see the space shot this is what i want to bring up because i know it's something uh we've discussed i think a bit before yeah yeah about how they replace the shots i really felt like this was an amazing like the whoever worked on that effect for the touched up version of uh, the original series it looks glorious i will say that no i think it does just as a scene on its own can i just finish Elliot, just let me finish what I'm saying, then you can do the camera. What I'm saying is, if you take it as a shot on its own, I think it looks glorious. Just my opinion, I think it's really well done. However, I miss the original one. It doesn't, it feels out of place to what you see on the planet. It doesn't feel in place to, like there was, like those original map paintings were glorious. They were so good and so in keeping with the show. This is a glorious shot. It just doesn't fit for me. That's what I was going to say, Elliot. Sorry, do you have a come? It's messed up, actually. The ship's wrong. Oh, yeah. No, no, I'm not talking about the ship. The navigation lights are wrong. I wasn't talking about the ship. I was talking about the planet when they showed... Oh, right. I was talking about... We get this beautiful flyby of the Enterprise. Oh, yeah. And and it's all wrong. But that's every episode. This one specifically, they show the planet Vulcan. And the map painting kind of version or the the original version, it just... 
this doesn't fit there. Yeah, they've no, got that I'm bit. Hope, I'm hoping when we get Paramount Plus, hurry up Paramount Plus into the UK, yep. that we can watch not we can watch the original versions of TOS. Yeah, there's no reason not just to just remastered, streaming. not with new effects. Yeah, the, there's no reason yeah. not to on a streaming service, and in fact, they are included on the Blu-rays, so. Yeah. They've not been disappeared. They, they, you can still get them. Yeah, it's just that there's a lot of inaccuracy in the CGI model. Like if if you like me and build models, you yeah. start to look at like the original things and what we know, and then you see this CGI model. And for the time when it was done, it's good and it's held up better than like some things that came out at that time. Mm-hmm. But it's not great. It doesn't. It's not at the I level mean, it should be. There's even an original um, Doctor Who, which they did this with, the uh, five uh, doctors. Yeah, they replaced some of the visual effects. To yeah. me, I, I didn't need that, but it's it's a worse crime, I think, here, because there is something about the 60s psychedelic kind of look mm-hmm. of the original series that those, uh, as I say, a lot of them are, are like paintings, and they're so beautiful. Yeah, yeah they're, that's they're the art. thing. They're not beautiful effects. They're beautiful works of art. Yeah, matte painting I, is an art form, and it is a shame that... But the thing is that... They're not being lost. It's you can still get them. They, they, it's not like the the Star Wars special editions. Yeah. Which I read a scary statistic the other day. The Star Wars special editions have been round longer than the originals have now. Oh Jesus! Like that's just mind boggling. Yeah. Um. But you know the Star Wars special editions. Famously, George Lucas. Nope, you can't have the originals anymore. Uh, I know you can if you look certain places, despecialized editions. <laughs> um, but with this, at least they're putting them out on Blu-ray. You can still get them; they still exist. You, you can still freely access them. The annoying thing is that streaming services, given the choice, are picking the CGI version. That's up to yeah. Netflix. We can't do anything about that. Hopefully, like you say, Elliot, Paramount will go. There they are. Choose which one you want to watch. Yeah. Yeah. I like I'm not saying Paramount Plus has to have just the original version. I, I'm quite happy to have both versions and be able to go, yeah. And, and some some of them, yeah, you do it is nice to see what they've done remastering. Yeah. But sometimes it's nice to see, yeah, this is what they did in the sixties. Yeah. And this is as <laughs> this is what they could do, and this was state of the art. <laughs> And there's also a different screen effect which just hasn't aged well. And again, this is this is artistic. They, they, yeah. I, I know loads of people can make arguments for for their show looking better as it originally was, but this seems so key that the colours yeah, and, and look. It's not meant to look realistic. It's meant to look beautiful. And the problem is, it doesn't always blend that well. Like you've got that scene, the walking across that big bridge over a chasm and the big arena and you see it in CGI mm. and then they walk onto what is clearly a sound stage and you're just like, <laughs> you didn't go from there to there. Like, you know, I can, but yeah, it is what it is. So let's get on to the big fight then. So. <laughs> yeah. And there's the music, which is reused many, many times, but is a great piece of music. So. But yeah, the setup well, It's become part of popular culture, hasn't it? Of course it has, yeah. Mm. And yeah, like you say, Tapao was great. And I love that they put this reverence to her, like, that's Tapao. She turned down a seat on the the Federation Council. And don't forget, this is the first time we see anything of Vulcan, you know. Yeah. 
it, it, this it's, is all the stuff that comes from that we now know of Vulcans. This is where it all starts, and this was because yes. there were fan letter writing campaigns after season one saying we love Mr. Spock, we want to know more about Mr. Spock, and that's why you get this episode and you get Journey it's to Journey Babel. To Babel was season one episode, not season, season two. two. And, you know, that's why you get that one as well, because they were like, oh, they really like Spock. Let's do one where we go to Spock's planet. Let's do one where we do Spock's parents. And if you if you watch this episode and then you watch the episode uh, Unification Part 3 in Discovery, yeah. you can directly see the lineage of all this lore. It's just yeah. so beautiful that it's it's so enduring. It's so well realized in this one episode. Yeah. It's where it's the world they always go back to, and rightly so. And it's the the contrast between everything we've seen of Mister Spock to this point, and then we go to his planet, and the they're all dressed in a really ritualistic. I know it's because of the occasion. We've had a message, but, but I'm not sure what language that's in. No, me neither. Um, One read to you too. Yeah, there we go. So, yeah, it's the contrast between what we probably thought we were going to get with Vulcan and what we actually get is great, but it's really in keeping with what we know of Vulcans and what we find out about Vulcans. And like you say, the whole idea of, yep, they've got these emotions, but they suppress it, and there is a savagery yeah. to it. Yeah, it, it, it's, it's all it's, it's here. Like the pre- the price to pay for being so in control all the rest of the time. Yeah. Yes, yes. That this is where they put all that weird section. They put it all yeah. in yeah. this in ceremonies. And there's so many there's so many parallels to religion here, where like everything is so staid and so steady. But then when you look at the original text of the Bible, for instance, I'm sorry, no, I don't mean to get blasphemous for anyone who's religious listening or watching or whatever, but. You know, if you read the Bible, there's some horrific stuff in it for something which is um, seen in such a measured, cool way usually. And I think that's the feeling I get from this. You know, yeah, they've, they're so steady and measured that when they get down to it, this is messed up. Like, they're going to fight to the yeah, death. Yeah, this is crazy. And I love the, the fact... Yeah, it burns within them. And I love the fact that the whole set, no one mentions to Kirk that it's a fight till the death until he's already <laughs> until agreed. He, until he agrees. And he's just about to go for it. They go, oh, by the way, this is to the death. And he's like, oh, I thought it was like, you know, to the pain or whatever. I, I thought I was going to better knock him out and that'd be the end of it. But that's, no. That, that's the thing. That's the other thing. It's like, it's so tenuous, the reasoning. He's going, it's like, yeah. well, I'll just knock him out. Despite the fact that he is much stronger than me in every but, any law, into this, even to this but point. But they've already he's said he's yeah, but, weak. The yeah, other guy's going to kill him. Kirk has, has Kirk full on his side. He does. Yeah, he does. Exactly. And he gets to use some of it and they get to use he does, all he the does weapons. Some Kirk flings on him. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And he gets yeah, his yeah. shirt ripped, which is classic Kirk. And yeah, then that's I, I love it, but just all the way through, I'm thinking it's like, yes, Buck would. Flick you aside in three yeah. seconds. In the, Especially in the when world. he's really horny and angry. Like, yeah, <laughs> he's, he's going to murder yeah. you, Kirk. I mean, usually Vulcans are three times as strong as humans. You add yeah. horny and pomfard up, oh, you, yeah. you've got no chance. And, and you're in a hot, um, low oxygen environment. Yeah. Oh, but <laughs> that leads us on to McCoy. Right. Again, let's take a step back from it. This is a gladiatorial contest. And McCoy, who's effectively Kirk's corner man in this, says, oh, do you mind if I just inject him with some drugs in the middle of the fight? 
this doesn't happen in boxing matches. I mean, maybe it does, but you're like, not supposed does, to see it. It does make it reasonable to, to pound, though, doesn't he? Yeah. Because, uh, but, uh, like, no, but doesn't go, um, can we can we just test that file first? Can yeah, we just can check we, what's in it before you get can it we, Can we check it? So he injects it, and Kirk grows eight feet and turns green and just all of a sudden. <laughs> he's like, what were in that vial? Because, oh, just something to help him with the environmental factors. There's some vitamins. Also, the, the solution is that he pretends to be dead, and then when he's on the ship, he's fine. Like, T'Pau's never going to hear about it again. It's like... Yeah, a, never going to hear. Is, is that... Is, is that, that Kirk, who's dead? That, that, that's appearing that the same, Kirk. In the planet. Yeah. That's, that's a good well, I think, point. I think Japan lets it go, don't you? In your head, Canning, you've just got to... <laughs> yeah, you've that. got to imagine... Japan lets this go, that Spock won, and then Spock dealt with the sit. The situation. Yeah. Yeah. yeah oh, there's always a fun. It would have been an embarrassment don't... to Vulcans, this whole scenario, really. Uh, I mean, I... nowadays you could play the, the idea that Spock is actually maybe has a consequence from this. They hear about oh, his yeah. deceit. And, you know, that would have been interesting to play. But as it is, of course, it's, yeah. it's a 60s TV show. This you is episodic in the episode. Yeah. And I love the fact that McCoy comes up to him and goes, well, it's a little bit weird, Spock, but you've killed the captain, so you're the captain now. That That's not how it works. And <laughs> the onus goes on to Spock to go, you know what, I'll turn myself in at the next starbase. So if he hadn't have done that and Kirk had have been dead... If he hadn't have done that, I think he'd have still been arrested at the next starbase. Well, that's the thing. He should have been taken straight to the brig. Never mind. Oh, okay, you're the captain. <laughs> uh, but obviously... I mean, first you get that great bit with T'Pring where she explains the whole plan and Spock's just, like, flawlessly logical. <laughs> yeah. well, and I love the fact that it's, like, it is not logical to pick him over me. Like, it's such... Like, there's so many pimp lines if you just yeah. look them slightly differently. I don't think it's logical to pick him over me. I think you're fine. And then she goes, like, yeah, well, he's here. You're not there. Let's yeah, just say logical. That. <laughs> and one of Spock's greatest ever lines where T'Pau says, live long and prosper. He says, I've killed my captain and my friend. I shall do neither. That That's just mm. a brilliant line. Yeah. <laughs> but then, of course, Kirk's okay. And Kirk, he, he's acting like, yeah, I knew that was the plan all along. At no point did he and McCoy have a confab and go, this is what we're going to do. I'll give you a new, a new rule trank. Tranquilizer. The implication is McCoy, McCoy just made that call on the fly because he thought he saw that Kirk were losing, but Kirk's like, yeah, I knew that was what we were going to do. Oh, uh, that that sounds like something which is um, William Shatner having a discussion with the crew, like with the uh, production crew. It's like, oh, and then Kirk's got to act surprised and she, he goes, no, no, he knew all along. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you know, it's the sort of thing he would do. Me and McCoy years ago I had to sit down and we said look if I'm ever in a, a fight to the death <laughs> you come and give me a fight to the death with Spock on Vulcan this is what you've got to do when I'm struggling yeah, to breathe this is, this is the backup plan standing orders are for fights to the death injection I pretend to be dead we get back to the ship and then if it's someone I don't like I'll go Hoo-ah! and if it's someone <laughs> I do like I'll say something funny I also think there was a slight thing on the planet just before um, Spock leaves when he speaks to his uh, love rival, so I've forgotten his name, but he goes, he says, um, I think you'll find though wanting is a lot more satisfying yeah. than having. It's not logical, but there we are. And that's a so, such a mic drop yeah. on Vulcan to use yeah, emotion yeah. against someone. I mean, it's so beautiful. And then when he gets back to the planet, back to the ship, sorry, you get the reverse of that, where he's like, he accidentally acts over emotional 
And McCoy calls him on. He's like, I'm just pleased that we hadn't lost a good captain. Actually. Yeah, yeah. It was perfectly logical in the situation. Yeah. It's, it's so then, funny. And then uh, McCoy just finishes it and, yeah, oh, yeah, perfectly logical. In yeah. A, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and it, it's such a uh, wonderful parallel if you choose to see it that when he's on Vulcan, which usually Vulcans would just tear you apart for using uh, emotion. Whereas Spock uses it to win the argument and then he totally loses the argument on emotion on, on the Enterprise. Yeah, it's, it's, and again, it's just such a great performance right. from Nimoy, like how his face lights up. He, he says, Captain, then he goes, Jim. And, it, you know, yeah, it's just fantastic. Every time he uses Jim, it's so humanising. It's the perfect way of showing him showing yeah. emotions. It's yeah. the fact that he is condescending to use a, a familial term like that a, yeah, he's huge. Yeah, and then brilliant. you then then it plays perfectly in the movies later when he goes yeah. like Jim, you scum, Jim, and then yeah. at the end he calls him in that. It's, it's great. Yeah, brilliant. So I know we've had a bit of fun with it, but I don't want anyone listening to think we don't love this episode. It's just this is no. a brilliant episode. It, yeah. it is so yeah. so much fun to watch it. Again. Yeah, it's great. Um, so, any closing thoughts on that one then? I mean, no, I just think if you love something day. as much as this, you do mention its faults because oh, they're almost celebrated as well. It's almost yeah. like the faults are part of the fun. Yeah, absolutely. Well, this episode did so much to set up more of the Vulcan. Yeah. Yeah. I'd say it still echoes in shows today. Everything that we have. Yeah. It's yeah, it's great. It's the idea of we've got this Vulcan character, but let's build from that and make a world for them. And the fact it shows the strength of this episode, like you said, that we have not deviated that far from it, even after all these years. So, job well done, episode. Well well yeah. played. Maybe really a strong opening episode for a season. And, yeah, may, maybe maybe give Nurse Chapel a bit more agency. And, uh, but, you know, and that's going to be interesting to see how the dynamic, because we know they've cast someone as Chapel for Strange New Worlds, so... Yeah, yeah, they've got Chapel and they've got number one, which is great. Yeah, <laughs> different different actresses. Yeah, it'd be funny if they got the yeah. same actress and just not said anything about it. Anyway, and, and had to play both parts. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> that would have been a really clever little nod. It would have been, uh, yeah. If this Chapel was a little side character, yeah, in in, in Strange New World, so you had number one with um, oh, what's her name? Rebecca Romaine. Uh, Rebecca Romaine. And then she also did play Nurse Chapel as a little side yeah, character. That would be good. Now and again. But, um, but yeah, it'd be interesting to see if they they touch on. Obviously, it'll have to be an unrequited crush that Chapel has on Spock, but I, yeah. I wonder if that'll factor into it. But again, won't be too long before we well, find she's that still out. Quite, she'll be quite close to the time of Richard here, won't she? Oh, yeah, good point. Maybe we'll get Richard Corby back and the. Big evil androids. Robot and... Richard Carby. Oh, yeah. Yeah, oh, oh, even more to look forward to from Strange New Worlds. <laughs> anyway. There's so much that could come up in Strange New I know. Worlds. Yeah. Oh, I like that. Right, we best wrap up anyway. Um, but, yeah, that's been great to talk about those episodes. So we'll be back next week to talk about the next Prodigy. Don't know which um, other episode we'll do at the moment. We'll have to... The first part of the... Mid-season finale, it's a two-parter. Oh, interesting. 
Right. That's all I know about it. Is it's a two-parter for the mid-season finale. Interesting. And in a planned mid-season finale. Yeah, an actual mid-season not, finale not this a, time. Just not a, a bizarre. Well, yeah. we'll just have a break now. We know what you're up to. But anyway, so if you want to get in touch with us, let us know your thoughts. We're at RetrekPod on Twitter. You can email us, RetrekPod at gmail.com, or come and join us on Facebook. Or you can join us at our new home on the Wonky Spanner um, when when I'm not too busy accidentally deleting the whole podcast, which I did last week. But <laughs> fortunately, we fixed it. I say we. I meant Spindles, so shout out to Spindles for... Keeping keep, keeping uh, <laughs> keeping his sanity when I message him with stupid podcast hosting questions, but there you go. Um, Doctor Squee, what have you got coming up? Well, I mean, the latest episode of G South by Southeast, which is on the Wonky Span Network, is one which was recorded quite a few months ago in September, but it's uh, the interview with David Marciano, who played Ray in Due South, uh, also on the Wonky Spanner, so it uh, ties in. And uh, tomorrow, as this goes out, on, uh, I'm doing a live stream where I'm going to be talking to Greg Proops from Whose Lines Anyway, oh, and I'll be going out cool. next Tuesday on the Dr. Squee Show on the uh, SW20 radio. Oh, fantastic. I love Greg Proops. He's, he's excellent. Yeah. Ask, ask him what his thoughts are on a recently removed American president. I hear he's got quite the the opinions on um on a certain former president of the United States that I wouldn't mind so, hearing him So I'm just just gonna make a note he's a fan, yeah I'm imagining, yeah. Um, oh oh yeah, yeah, big fan. Um so <laughs> I, I think he yeah. You could easily fill however long your interview slot is with his with his thoughts on that gentleman. But um yeah, I'll really look forward to listening to that one. He's yeah, fantastic. And the good yeah. thing is, obviously, with him being from Whose Line Is Anyway, you know if you've not got a script prepared, he should be able to wing it. He's, he's quite there good at go. that kind of thing. Uh, it's any of these ones where it's like from a TV show from when you were a kid. Like, yeah, that's why I love interviewing people from Doctor Who Star Trek, which yeah. I've, I've had the honour of doing. Uh, Whose Lines Are Anyway? I was watching oh, that yeah, from when yeah. I was a kid. Like, I remember the early days when it was... Uh, the UK version, for anyone who's not familiar, was this host called Clive Anderson, and oh, we had yeah. John Sessions. It was basically Sessions, a vehicle yeah. for him, and he's really intelligent. But it was his stuff was a bit too highbrow. Yeah, when you got in the likes of Greg Proops, it became a bit more fun again. Yeah, it did, and I think they're all on Amazon Prime for anyone watching in the UK. If you want to check out um, who's ladies anyway, a great show. Anyway, yeah. we're. We will wrap up there then. So thanks for trekking with us this time and we'll see you next time on the retrek. Thank you. Bye-bye. L-L-O-P.